Grab a glass. But what's my fucking line? <laughs> Holy shit, I do have an intro. Grab a glass, put the game on mute, and take a listen. Welcome to Fort Dram and Goal. We've got our 25th episode, and we want the funk. Gotta have that Texas funk. Sounds fucking creepy. I did so natural the first time. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Fort Dram and Goal. We've got the 25th episode, and tonight we want the funk. Gotta have that funk. Texas funk. So, grab a glass, put the game on mute, and take a listen. Let's do this. Welcome to Four Dram and Goal. A very special 25th episode. We've got a Texas shootout. We're going to get into some free agency. We've got to get into the March Madness. I'm here joined by the one and only my wonderful co-host, Duke. What's up, Dreamers? Not to be confused with Dickie V. Uh, this one's way cooler. Anyway, Dick, since I mentioned your name, do what you do best. Hit him with the socials. All right. So what's up, Dreamers? As usual, we're going to kind of give you a quick rundown of the administrative bullshit before we get into this thing. A couple things to remember. Go ahead and join us over at fourthramandgoal.com. That's our centralized site. You can pick up on our Instagram. Also, kick on over to our Twitter. Both our handles there are 4thdram, 4thram. And if you want to kick it old school with us, 4thram and goal on Facebook. As always, don't forget to tell your friends about us. They can pick us up on any of the podcast streaming apps to include Apple, Google, Audible, CastBox, Spotify, etc. Um, and we're always looking for new followers, new listeners. We really want to make sure that we're growing the show and we want your feedback. And speaking of feedback, don't hesitate to rate and review us on your podcast player app or send us an email directly at 4thram and goal at gmail.com. That's 4th dram and goal, all one word at gmail.com. All right. And like Kurt said, when we started out, we've got a Texas shootout tonight. So this part of the show is where we normally ask each other what we've got in our glass, what we're drinking tonight, but we've been talking about it. It's here. The one, the only, the Texas blind. So we've got three whiskeys for you tonight. All Texas whiskeys. Um, if you would call it the Texas single malt is actually the class specific if you want to get uh, super technical there and we've got garrison brothers small batch a little iron brute harbinger and we've got balconies brujaria so all of those whiskeys are made and distilled <laughs> all those whiskeys are made and distilled here in texas from texas corn and a mixture of rye uh, mash bills um, I'm going to kind of kick it over to Kurt here real quick, and then I'll get into the nitty gritty details of all these things. And we'll kind of break these things down for you before we start drinking them. Thank you, Dick. Beautiful intro. So, yes, we've talked about it. Uh, we had originally thought about doing a March Madness style tournament, you know, 64 whiskeys. But holy shit, we have a life. So we decided what's great about it's beautiful, baby. What's great about us? We are from Texas and we like whiskeys. So shit, let's keep it simple. A Texas shootout. Clint Eastwood style, who I don't think was from Texas, but anyway, moving on. Um, I'm expecting a lot of dust. I'm expecting a lot of heat. I'm expecting a lot of quick barrel, like a quick barrel of a gun, but a quick bourbon barrel. See what I did there. But before we do that, it has been scientifically proven, thanks to uh, Dick and Kurt, that if you take a shot of lower proof whiskey, your tongue and your palate is prepared for a higher proof whiskey. Is it, do you concur? 
I think you said scientifically proven, so I'm not going to fight the science. All right. Well, in that case, cheers down some Zazerac rye real quick to get the, the taste buds dancing. I got to bring my A game, baby. Kurt, you son of a bitch. Did you read my mind? There we go. Woo, baby girl. It feels good. Going. Good job, cutie. Good job. All right, now we are mentally and physically prepared for this tasting because I'm telling you, I put on the gram, we are going to get Texas toast tea because this is going to be some heat. Uh, and um, there's going to be some hay on this uh, on these notes. Uh, Hi. I'm interested to see how well we can dissect these and give our specifics to them because I bet you they're going to be very similar. I'll give you a quick history of these bottles for me. The first club, the first get together I really did involve Garrison Brothers. I was introduced to that Texas funk right then and there. I had been used to traditional bourbons before then, so it was quite different. I still don't expect it to be easy to identify because, like I said, the, the palates and the tastes are going to be similar here. Iron Root, I, I've tasted it. It was maybe the fifth thing I tasted that night and they were not short samples. So I'm, I'm going to be fair and give it a whole new fresh, you know, open my world to iron root tonight. And, uh, Balcones, I've had several kinds, but not this brujaria that I have to double check that I am. Show me the bottle there. Dicky boy. Balcones brujaria. Okay, cool. Um, brujeria. Maybe. Keep, keep butchering it. I said it right the first okay. time. Anyway, uh, several balconies. Uh, the baby blue, eh, not a fan. I've had their, well, I've had balconies, right? They're, they're true blue. They're, that one's delicious. Anyone, you want to give your little background on these bottles there, Dickie boy? Yeah, Kurt. So let me lay it down for you guys. So as Kurt said, we've got Garrison Brothers small batch up first. That's their 94 proof offering, which is about three years old. It is non-mash bill stated. I looked it up a few different places and could not quite find it. So we're just going to say we can't find it. Um, this is straight out of high Texas. So if you're not familiar with Texas maps, even if you are, you probably don't know where that is. That's right between Fredericksburg and Johnson City. So due east of Fredericksburg, due west of Johnson City, right there smack dab in the middle. That's where the distillery is. Johnson City, Tennessee, right? Uh, no, different city, but this city was actually ah. named after President Johnson. He was actually born and raised there, and they renamed the city after he became president. Ah, yes, Back. Mr. Andrew Johnson. Good, good one. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> this one comes in around, but this one comes in right about $85 at your local specs. Pretty much find it there any day. This is not your cowboy bourbon. This is not your honeydew or anything like that. This is their standard offering. It's a relatively solid whiskey when we're talking about Texas whiskeys. First time I ever had it was going into a kind of a high-end bar in downtown San Antonio and the Garrison Brothers is actually doing a uh, a sponsored event and I got like unlimited Garrison Brothers old fashions all night long. That was a fun one. The next one we have is Iron Root Harbinger. So this one is 115 proof. Comes in right about 32 months old. It's a mash bill of a bunch of different fucking corns and a little bit of rye. And the distillery is in Denton, Texas. And this Good one corns. runs out delicious. Lots of corns. fancy corns. It was fancy. Like I think the names were like bloody butcher corn, purple corn, which you can't go. I mean, that's that's a daily for me. I love me some purple corn. Uh, just some really solid stuff there, Dickie boy. 
Yeah, real corny. And if I remember right, this one comes in right about 70 bucks. This one is special for one reason. The 2020 World Whiskey Awards Best Bourbon. So this is actually an award-winning bourbon um, and something that you're probably not going to find on the shelf right now. You'll see their other offerings, but not this one specifically. I did happen to run across at Rain of Late Specs one day, sent Kurt a pick, and he's like, holy fucking shit, how did you find that? I was like, I don't know. So that's the story behind this bottle. And the last one. Facts. Hashtag. Last one is the Balcones Brujeria. So this comes in at 124.8 proof. This Brujeria. Is their, yes, sure. This is their 10th anniversary. It's finished in sherry casks. So non-age dated in the barrel, but it's finished in sherry casks. a really dark color to it. And this one is from Waco, Texas. So Balcones Distilleries in Waco, Texas. You can go there, do a tour of the whole nine yards. This one came in a really fucking cool like wood box, like oak box with like a slider on it. I think I'm actually going to make that into like a smoking box for old fashions later on down the road. It was given to me by my parents for my birthday about two years ago. And it's only about half gone because this thing packs a punch. Um, Classic Texas single malt. You get a little scotchiness to it. We'll get into that though. So without further ado, let's get into our second dram. And Kurt, let's talk about number 1A. Yeah, so shout out to the wives. They set this up and they did the whole pour for us. Are you expecting the proof on Garrison Brothers to help you identify it really quickly? Or do you think it's just Texas heat and it's just going to be all jumbled together? The thing is, like, this is the Garrison Brother. It's only 100. I mean, it's only 94 proof. This isn't their cowboy bourbon. So, right. I think let's keep that in mind. Okay. Okay. So right away, the the funk that I knew was going to be tough to, and I haven't I haven't nosed glass two and three. I purposely wanted to take this one at a time. The corn is there. There's like a I said dust, and this is giving me that dust. Big time. For sure. I get like a corny, sweet. I get like a sweet, dusty. Like you're walking to a house from the 1970s and maybe mm-hmm. they've, they've, they've dusted, but there's still little particles that have been there for a while. Yeah, it's like they sprayed um, not pine saw, but what the, what's the other spray stuff you used to put on wood surfaces and after it's been sitting for a little while? I'm, I'm not a kind of sure of wood cleaners um oh you are to, missing out my good sir you're i'm gonna have to leave that one up to you mm. i usually use vinegar and water this smells mm. like a 1987 mr clean hmm. yeah. <laughs> good year um this kind of smells like your grandpa's truck ah after it hasn't car. been open for a while yeah i like it yes and it's so funny because I'm picturing a Texas Ford pickup truck. Like it's it's sitting out the heat for a couple. You months. know what I'm? You know what we're talking about? Uh, but it's Ooh. not bad. It's, there's good. There's like a, there's like a Jolly Rancher kind of sweetness going on here. I'm I'm getting that. I just I'm I, once again I'm not. My goal was to identify different corns, which once again I'm not kind of sure of corns. But I'm just picturing the hands, both hands in the bag, bringing out that yellow corn. Ooh. Mama. Mama, that taste. 
And once again, these are not meant to be bad notes, but I'm like, I used to have a bird and we would give it bird seed. It would have a sense. Just eat some of it. (laughs) Wrap it up into a ball, tuck it in the back of my mouth like a big old dip wad. It was good stuff. Good. You're talking about the bird or the seed? Oh, both. Anyway. There's that, there's that funk right there. Mm. Okay. Here's the thing about Texas whiskeys. If you licked a newspaper, some of them are going to taste like that. And I really feel like I'm... I'm just scraping page three of the Houston Chronicle with my tongue here. But it's kind of enticing. That's the weird thing about these good Texas whiskeys. They are unlike anything else you're going to taste. I would put some of these Texas whiskeys, when you talk about comparison levels to the Colorado I've had, similar taste profile, but more like cranked up a couple notches. Like it, it's it's more in there. If you talk about like working in and out of the wood, I think the flavor profile kind of represents that heat from like the barrel kind of like Kurt sitting here like chewing on this thing. Licking like, page three of the, like I'm like not- sweet tobacco. <laughs> um, ooh, that's a good one, tobacco. So th- this is where it's going to differ from our usual tastings. We can pour a glass, sip, enjoy. My goal is here to f- finish every glass and give you my thoughts on it for each second, third, and fourth dram. So this will get interesting and fast. Maybe not as interesting as our St. Patty's Day episode that we went back and listened to. And if you drank every time we said that we had been drinking that episode. You'd feel nice and toasty yourself. Uh, fun episode, though. Yeah, let the bodies hit the floor. Um, I these are my thoughts here. Okay, nose. I find it very atypical Texas whiskey, but it's not super pungent. It's kind of light. It's got that corniness, dustiness, oakiness. There's a little bit of like Jolly Rancher in there. Like on the back end, like that, I think that's that sweetness I'm looking for. The palate, though, the palate punches you in the nuts. It and does. it's like, boom, I'm here. What's up? Let's party tonight. And you're like, all right, all right, okay. Like it's like your friend that like knocks on your door and it's like seven o'clock and you're like, fuck it, I'm just going to order a pizza and drink some beer. And he starts pounding on your door and you're like, dude, just go away. I don't want to go out tonight. We just got hammered last night. And then you forget that he knows or he has a key to your apartment. He just opens the door and like punches you in the face and drags you out. Next thing you know, it's 3 a.m. and you're leaving a bar. That's kind of yeah, like this. I don't have that friend. Um, that's a little strange. You may Kurt, be we, a, both have, we both have that friend and we both know who it is. I, I know who you're talking about. I didn't give him a key, though, because uh, I'm not a dumbass. <laughs> but he will stay there knocking on the door. Um, it's weird that I know exactly who you're talking about. The one thing I will say about Texas whiskey is, man, they got some legs on them. I mean, you look at this glass. That's that's molasses sipping down. I, I wish the taste on this one. Texas whiskey is like Texas women. Long Whoa. legs for days. Okay. Um, we, we're turned into the man show there for a second. Very. Speaking of man show, you look back at some of the stuff they did in the early 2000s and it's like they, they close out every episode with girls on trampolines. When you're that, in high school, that's awesome. Well, that guy <laughs> you're in middle school. <laughs> The guy who chugged the beers, he died of like uh, 
Alcohol Rose? poisoning? Yes. <laughs> What's it or called? cirrhosis of the liver? Yes. <laughs> My grandfather died of that. That's cool. Sorry, I, I'll drink to that. Um. So. Oh, good. Yeah, the David Portnoy does the this original thing. dick. <laughs> David Portnoy does this this thing where every time he gets a Neapolitan pizza, he gives it like a, it's a standard score. I don't know if it's six point four, six point eight, and he's always like, "Yep, I think I want to start doing that with Texas whiskeys. So like, start with B minus, and that's the standard that I'm going to give it. And that's what I'm going to give this. I'm going to give that a B minus because the nose is good, the taste doesn't doesn't get there now do you want to guess what this is or do you want to save that for the end so let's no it, no let's say i think i know end. what this is i think i know what this is you but do? yeah yeah i mean these are all my bottles and i haven't drank them in a while but i've had them within the last six months i think i think i know what this girl is i'm gonna write it down oh i like that i have a crayon let me write it down. Kurt is uh, recording in his son's bedroom. So, whoa! My children, your mother's. Whoa! Just kidding. <laughs> Ayo! <laughs> All right. Well, while you're writing your, uh, well, while you're writing your guests down in crayon, we need to talk sports news. There's been a lot of shit happening. Some fun. Some, eh, um, some off the field, some on the court. Let's just put it that way. Free agency, NFL free agency in trades. There was kind of a blockbuster trade that got announced, I think, today. Um, 49ers, Eagles, Dolphins were all mixed up in it, if I remember correctly. Um, kind of a three-way AO trade. Um, a lot of different draft picks getting shuffled around, and it's going to tie into something we talked about here at the end, but – Without getting into the details, unless, Kurt, you have them in front of you, I think this has been one of the craziest trade seasons. Um, I do. The The 49ers trade was they gave the Dolphins – they got from the Dolphins the third overall pick for the 12th. So 49ers get third, Dolphins get 12th. Dolphins also get a 2021 third-round pick and a first-round pick in 22 and 23. So dolphins are just loading up, and it's it's funny because the dolphins had already loaded up for the Laramie Tunsil, uh, Kenny Stills trade from a couple of years ago. So they are doing some big old things. Now my brain, of course, when I texted you that, is going all over the place. The Eagles is a different trade. I'll I'll we'll talk about that one next because I'll we're going to talk about these one at a time. They kind of break them down. I don't know. If this is like the 49ers saying, all right, we are going after Wilson or Fields. Um, I told you earlier, maybe it's a bring one of those guys in. I like the Wilson kid. I saw his pro day today. He looks good. Fields look fast, but Wilson looked like he had some, I hate to say it, but he had some throwing strength and angles that kind of reminded me of some guy named Mahomes. Um. So maybe you pick up him, you keep Jimmy G, and you do like an Alex Smith thing for a year. That's an expensive Alex Smith thing. But, yeah, I don't know. We got to kind of see what they're going to do with Jimmy G. and that. But that's a heck of a plan if they're doing that. 
I can't think of anything more 49ers than having an overpaid, underperforming team for a year. And eh, let's see what the fuck happens next year. It's a big gamble, man. Yeah, but they're not that far off from a Super Bowl run. Like, it's one of those things, like. No, they had their chance. They had two NFC championships in a row and blew it. They didn't have two in a row. They had a shitty year. Then they went, and then Ah. they had a shitty year last year. Um, the, the Eagles trade, and this is all stuff that has happened today. Me and Dick were doing our pregame and like, okay, what can we talk about? And this just kind of started chiming in when we were doing our, our pregame meeting, which we're that professional. That's what's up. Uh, the Eagles traded picks six and one fifty six to the dolphins. Once again, dolphins making some noise in exchange for the 12th overall. So, Dolphins end up with the sixth. Eagles end up with the twelfth. They get the one, the one twenty three overall, and a twenty twenty two first round pick. Okay, so I think say it's... that again, just to make sure everyone got it. The Eagles give the Dolphins number six in one fifty six, and the Eagles get twelve one twenty three and a twenty twenty two first round pick. Yeah, I think everybody's talent's going to South Beach. So that's what it sounds like. Talents are going to South Beach. Eagles have their quarterback, so they don't need that guy. They're they're trying to make some big moves there at um at number twelve. And I I I think the Dolphins are obviously like we're gonna be good and we're gonna be good now. And I'm I'm gonna pull a notable here because so much of the swirl has to do with Kurt's point via we had via text of it sounds like all these teams are saying Kurt, you want to finish that statement? Well, he's gonna hold the phone on the Deshaun Watson thing. And I told Dick I don't want to talk about it too much. There's just too much there that still needs to come out. You know the news if you're a sports fan. If you're not, you're here for the whiskey. <laughs> uh and let's just say Deshaun's got some things going on that we're gonna wait. I don't know if a lot of these moves are like, okay, we're not going to get Deshaun, so let's use that number three pick. Uh, Same thing with the Eagles because there was a rumor that they were going to go all in for him. It's just funny. These are three teams that all were associated with him. Now, that doesn't mean he's out of the question because, if anything, they're building up some draft picks to to still say, like, hey, Texans, take this. But I don't want to chime in on that until – We've get we get more news on what's what's happening on that. I'm gonna put. That I think on that's there. fair. I think that's fair. It's a very tough and sticky situation. Yes, yes. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> we are sticking in our second dram here. We're not we're not moving on completely yet because we did have a lot of basketball noise out there. Hey, what are we playing? Basketball. There we go. There we go. Anyway, uh, Orlando Magic pretty much said, hey, we suck, so we're going to suck even more to rebuild. They're going to trade their Vucevic to the Bulls in a four-player get-two-first-round pick deal. They also traded Aaron Gordon, who actually requested a trade, uh, to the Nuggets. Go for it, Dick. Take it over. And you got Victor Oladipo going to the Heat. Yes. So those were the big names. Now, actually, 
number wise, and I know we're kind of all over the place, but it's just free agency football, free agency basketball. That's the uh, hold on real quick. I just got a text saying that Chris Beard is absolutely going to Texas. All right. We will chime in on that in just a little bit. I just literally got a text that Chris Beard is going to Texas. And uh, we haven't even made that far into the show yet. And we're already blowing it up. I feel like Adam Schefter here. There's a source apparently out there. This is it's it's not Barry, is it? No, it's not Barry McCockner. This is Brad Townsend. Got a call from a college basketball source. I trust who says Chris Beard is absolutely going to Texas. It's a done deal. 100%. Obviously college basketball isn't my coverage area, but this source felt strongly enough to call and tell me. That's uh, interesting. That is interesting. And unfortunately I'll, I will wait till I hear it for sure. For sure. But you uh, may hear it here first, although you may hear it here last considering when we get this posted. Yeah. I'll wait to see. Uh, let's get to that segment. We'll, we'll chime in on that. Uh, back to what we were saying. Yeah, so we've got, we covered the Orlando trade. It's kind of big. Um, and then Oladipo's in from the Rockets over to the Miami Heat. And it looks like Miami is emerging as the front runner for Aldridge, if it's not already done when we release this. It looks like Aldridge is $5.8 million. He's going to get bought out. Um, I think we got two things to talk about here. The Heat might be good. Those may be some good – I mean, Aldridge got a few years left in him. Let's talk about, like, the draining of Houston. It continues. <sighs> it does continue, but I feel bad for their head coach. Silas uh, the other day had a press conference where he just looked down in the dumps. It was pretty emotional. They had that – you know, they're still on that 22-game losing streak, I think, at the time of this recording – and it's all stuff that he can't control. I mean, you're a young guy. You're not going to pass up the opportunity. You take over, and then your stud wants to leave the town. Uh, you know, you trade Russell Westbrook. So he's in a rough spot. I care more about that than I do the fact that they're selling off some assets because they've literally said we are as bad as can be. We've got to rebuild mm-hmm. from the very, very bottom, bottom up. And I hope they stick with him. I hope they give him a chance. Uh, that would be a horrible, you know... The cool thing is, though, people like Doc Rivers and it was somebody else who who they had rough starts themselves. They kind of reached out and did like the don't worry, it gets better. Um, Yeah. I hope he does get to stick with them. But I mean, yeah, they got rid of Oladipo. It happens. A couple other ones. Redick is going to the Mavs. Is he? JJ? Yeah. JJ's going to Mavs. Cool. Um, so Mavs got uh, Redick and Melly from the Pelicans. Pelicans get James Johnson, Wes Wundu, and some cash in 2021 second round pick. And the Clippers are getting old boy Rondo from the Hawks. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I mean, he had a championship last year. So we'll see how much of a supporting cast the, he is. Uh, yeah, that's all the NFL and NBA trade stuff that keeps us excited and gives us stuff to talk about. But there was also a lot in college basketball before we get into our March Madness segment to talk about. Uh, I just read the tweet a little while ago, apparently breaking news. Well, it was released 35 minutes ago and ESPN hasn't said anything yet. So that kind of gives me some hope. Shaka is leaving. 
there was the Shaka Khan. Yes, there was the feeling that he was going to get going before they fired him. So he actually took a pretty solid basketball program job, basketball yeah. at Marquette. I mean, if you're a fan of then our boy Dwayne Wade go there. Yes, and it, 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 there's actually a long history before Dwayne Wade national championship. Uh, head coach McGuire. There, there's some tradition there. It's one of those basketball schools that I love watching, and I, I, I enjoy watching them in the tournament. Schools like DePaul and St. Bonaventure, they have that kind of cool feeling to them. So that's a great move for Shaka to make. It just didn't work out in Austin for him. Pressure. No. Horrible losses in the tournament that even though if they even though if they had won, they probably wouldn't have gone too far. But you had the Northern Iowa half court chunk a couple of years ago, which I still love watching because it gives me chills. And you had the Abilene Christian, which I will say for our March Madness segment on things that I've said. Um yeah, he's gone. Which leads me to the news that I just said a little while ago, and it still has not broke on ESPN. It still hasn't broke on anything big yet. Uh, so I'm I'm not getting completely upset, but this is one of those that if it happens, I've got to be a realistic person who roots and reports the news. If he goes, he can't be surprised because at the end of the day, it's the biggest school in the na- the state of Texas. And I know Dick is a huge fan of them. They're going after Chris Beard, and they're going after Chris Beard hard. Um, they're going to have to pay a $4 million buyout from Chris Beard in Texas Tech, and people are saying, who cares? He went to the University of Texas, which is probably the biggest thing to battle if you're a Texas Tech fan. And at the end of the day, like I said, it's UT. As much as I dislike it, as much as I, I hate to say it, I mean – it has its perks. It didn't work out for Shaka. Could Chris Beard work run into the same things? Yes. I'm going to stop before I go on to my second half of my rant on this, and I'll let Dick chime in on his thoughts about it. I think it's probably one of the best plays Shaka could have made. Um, I mean, you nailed it. He got out before they got him out. He was 0-3 in the tourney. Um, barely a winning record. Actually, I know I think a losing record in the Big 12, barely a winning record overall. He had a great run at VCU, and he just may be that guy that's just better as an underdog coach. Um, you know, the, the big light, it, there's a lot of heat with it, and I think we're seeing that. I mean, Texas is it's not just basketball. I mean, it's football too. Like, they haven't found their groove with coaches because there's just so much freaking pressure. And I don't know. I don't know how you fix that. I mean, I'm thinking about you know Texas, Future State, and Chris Beard may be the option. He knows how to play in the big conference, knows how to play at a big school, knows how to win in the tournament. That's what they want. That's where they're going to go after. It's probably the smart move. Probably. I just almost feel bad because there's unless you're winning championships, unless you're making to this Elite Eight, Sweet Sixteen is a is an okay Elite Eight's a success. Final Four is what you're wanting. I don't know that you can. Just make that happen within the time frame. They're going to lot for you. And I don't care who it is. So I don't know, man. I, I I don't feel for him. I don't feel for anybody that coaches at Texas. Don't don't love the school, but I, I feel for the guys who get cycled through there. Yeah, Chris Beard has made Lubbock his home. Lubbock absolutely loves him for everything he's done in that program. So this one this one hits close to my second home. Um, but you know, if this is not Chris Beard going to an, his alma mater. 
it's a different story. But like I said, I've coached before. Nowhere near the stage and lights that these guys do, but I've coached before and I know the little bit in every coach's heart where you're like, I can go back and I can kind of give back to where I came. Um, so this is a different story. This is not Chris Beard just picking up and just going to the University of Kentucky because it's the University of Kentucky. I hope his new home, I hope he loves it enough to stay there. It's going to be difficult because you are going to get big names at Texas. And I read this earlier, and it was a very good point. Chris Beard has not yet thrived off his big recruits. He's more of the bring in the transfers. He's more of bringing the Matt McClung and the, the grad dudes and put them together and get them to work. So I don't know if that's going to work at UT. He also has everything he wants at Tech. He has the big contract. He has the practice facility. He has the the weekly show, which, of course, Texas will give him. He's leaving a lot. But like I said, this is his alma mater. Uh, I will wait to see. I hope he stays absolutely if he leaves, I will be upset, but he has done things at Tech that, I mean, they, they have been awesome. He gave us the national championship run. He's given us this team that maybe if he leaves, you bring in another big name to kind of keep it going. I don't know. I'll wait to see. I hope that breaking news is not 100% accurate. I hope it's somebody just shooting the gun. Um and I hope at the end of the day, Chris Beard has his guns up. But I'll leave it at that till we know more. Let's get into this third dream. Let's do it, man. So we're going to get into B2. I have it listed as B. Kurt has it as two. We're 100% right. It's the same one. Um, I'm going to move A1 over to the side. And let me grab some, not C3, let me grab some B2. Ooh. This is Tamer. On the nose, sweeter. Not as much flavor there. Okay. <laughs> as Kurt uh, swirls in his uh, decanter. One of the first whiskey videos I ever saw that like made me go like, damn, I want to be that guy. Have you ever seen How to Taste Whiskey with Richard Patterson on YouTube? I have, I have not. Oh, it's going to make you want to be more of a whiskey snob than you already are. He's the uh, he's the master distiller at he was the master distiller at Dalmore. That video is like maybe 10 years old by now. So he may be somewhere else. He may be uh, doing other things, but he was at the time and he got a he was a wine glass and he just like swirls it. He's all, you know, you sniff whiskey like this if you don't. I'll fucking kill you. Like it was, he didn't say fucking kill you, but he, he said it like something like that. And it's an awesome video. Check it out. Uh, and that was like one of the first whiskey videos I ever saw. So I will occasionally get a nice little, you know, wine whiskey glass. This one has completely different notes than the previous one. And that's leading me to think it's the balconies. I'm getting a cereal nose, like a bowl of maple, like maple. Uh, what is it? Um, 
French toast. What's the French toast cereal? Fuck, I don't know. It's the cereal that's French toast. That one. <laughs> I drink. I eat Reese's Puffs. Oh, okay, cool. I remember when I was eight. Um, yeah. As I'm as I'm talking about French toast cereal. Um, there, there is a like a grape syrup. Ooh. There's a grapiness on it. I I just got the grape. You're right, but there is also like a, a molasses, a maple syrup. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking. So what I'm thinking of is going to IHOP, getting your waffles, two o'clock in the morning, and where they have the different kind of syrups and they're all sticky and shit. And you slide that thing back and you start pouring it and you're like, oh, that's grape syrup. What the fuck is that? <laughs> and that's what it smells like. Okay, I just made the mistake of taking a taste too. Oh, I'll wait. Um, the nose was yeah. good. Yeah, I know what this is. The nose was was good. Mm-hmm. The nose had maple syrup, French toast cereal. Um, there is a there is a great kind of I can see what you're getting there, but boy oh boy did I just take a taste and I instantly am upset no, I did that. <laughs> no regrets. No, I regret it. Oh my god, dude. Okay, for those of you who are from Texas, I can't believe I keep coming up with these. If you ever on the Frio River. Oh, I love where this is going. <laughs> or if you are, you got, yeah, you got this too. Or if you're in New Braunfels and you are on the Kamal or the Guadalupe and you let your river tube dry up a little bit, let it sit on the sun side and then go ahead and lick it. Holy shit. That's what I'm tasting right now. I am tasting a river tube, a rubber river tube. Hashtag. I love Texas. I am very concerned about all the things that you're licking, the newspaper, the river tubes. I can't wait to where we get what it tastes like in the third one. Holy it's, hell, it even has a little bit of river water on it. Oh, my gosh. So that's where I thought you were going. That's where I thought you were going. What I'm getting is river water from the standpoint of you're floating the Frio, you're floating the Guadalupe, and you're letting your, you know, your tube kind of slosh around a little bit. And you get that, you get your beer can sitting right there and you get water up on it and you go take that first sip of beer and it's got a little bit of water around the rim and it's kind of like metallic-y. That's, that's what I'm getting. I'm getting like a little like river water sitting in metallic. This is rubber. It's interesting. This is a rubber God, you in the river tube. Is this looking basketballs again? No, for you? that was good. After a while, the Black Ridge had the rubber taste that kind of got me going, oh, this is happy childhood. I love the river. It was some of the best. Like, I, we, I think I don't know if we've talked about this before. We may have. If you grow up in Texas, you know what we're talking about. You float the river. That's what you do. You literally pack the beer and you sit there on a river tube. And sometimes you underage. drag Sometimes you drag it. Sometimes you just sit and float. But this is like... <laughs> yeah that's weird that's that's weird that i'm thinking of texas things the newspaper i said houston chronicle because that's the local newspaper but this is a texas river tube. if you know kurt you know how long he's been in houston and it tells you about how long ago he'd lick the newspaper allegedly 
Mm-hmm. I think I know what this one is. Yeah, and I, I, I'm giving this a C minus. I just gave it a C minus on the palate. I gave it a B on the nose. I don't even want to grade the nose because it would be, it'd be, it wouldn't be fair. Okay, I will grade the nose. The nose, the nose was a B plus, but the taste just brought it down so much. And unless there's something that this is supposed to be that I'm just not getting, <laughs> it goes back to a lot of things we we talk about, man. Like it's not necessarily about like what how good it tastes. Like these these whiskey tasters, in my opinion, is Kurt just chugs it. He's like, fuck it, I'm done. Um it's like complexity and they look for all these different things. It's like wine tasting. The everyday drinker, like, we just want something to taste good. Not complex. I want the good, the good shit. And I think I know what this is. This is worse than I remember it being. But it's not the worst I've had. Side note, speaking of bad things, I had the Warriors-Hawks game on just for shits and giggles because it's one of the few things that are on. 39-33, Hawks are up, but that got boring. I'd much rather get into this March Madness conversation that we were just chatting up a storm about last week. Bracket status. Trash like mine, correct? How... Well, I don't know how. How do you? What's the technical term for fucked? Because that's mine. That's my bracket. We look at it right now, and we're doing the ESPN tournament challenge. Kurt's sitting there with a max of twelve ten points. Current two ninety. I'm sitting at three thirty current points. My max is six ninety. I had Illinois and Iowa in the finals with Illinois losing, winning it all, and those motherfuckers both got knocked out. That is one thing that I still have going for me. I do have both my teams that are in the final, in the Sweet 16. Years are done with. You may as well just throw yours away, put it away. Don't watch anything till next year. Congratulations. Can I, can, I make, can I make you feel a little bit better about your situation, though? Oh, I think I'm awesome, but continue. My wife, um, her it's better points, than both of us? She's at 380 right now. Her max is 420, 1420. What is my, what did you repeat mine again? Your max is 1210 right now. Hers is 1420. And how many points do I have? 290. How many do you have? 330. Okay. And how many does she have? 380. Okay. Well, whatever. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, well, let's, let's talk about, I mean, we can talk about just a couple different games here. Um, I want to kind of break into like, where do you think the final four predictions are going to go through But getting to the Sweet 16, what were some of your top games that you were like? Because this was a crazy ass year. We were texting like, "Holy shit!" I this year is making up for the fact that we didn't have last year. There are more upsets this year than we would have expected for this year and last year combined. So my my bracket is trash, but there's a couple of things that I want to brag. Everybody's about. brackets are trash, right? I, I I have to brag about this. I've been talking about this all year long. We happen to be living through the worst pandemic of our lifetimes and, you know, our grandparents' lifetimes also. Um, COVID affected sports. And I think it affected college basketball in a way that it affected the other ones. The more experienced teams were going to be better. The Dukes and the Kentuckys that didn't make the finals, they depended on freshmen that didn't get to jail, didn't get to do the chemistry thing. As cliche as that is, it's a real thing in sports. So I sent you know, Dick, a random dick pic uh, 
of the lineups at who are the two schools I used? Oral Roberts and I believe it was Ohio. Zero mm-hmm. freshmen in those two lineups. Okay. So I haven't had time to dig into the big science of this, but I think the teams with experience and you know chemistry, they 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 did better. And there was more upsets in the first round this year than any other year. I think that has to be talked about. And if I'm the only one talking about it, cool, I'll write a book. Um there was definitely a lot of the games that I wish I had pulled the trigger on. I did talk to you about how Abilene Christian was a pretty solid program. They pulled the upset off at mm-hmm. Texas, and guess what? Now it may screw me because Chris Beard may be going to UT. Uh, we were both wrong on the Georgetown loss. Mm. Were we Were we both wrong on the Ohio, too? Ohio, as in... I had Virginia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I did not call that at all. Um, I, I surely... I think my wife did. Oh, jeez. Uh, they had a cool story about one of their players, the way he went through a prep school and averaged two points in high school, and now he's one of their best players. I, I don't know enough to give you all the details, but that was a cool little side story. Um, the Oral Roberts win against Ohio State, that was obviously the, the, the big first round upset because when a school like Loyola of Chicago does something like beating number one, Illinois, you kind of just go, yeah, we should have expected that they've done it. They've been there before. So good for them. Yep. They're stud. He's a senior. He's the only guy that's on the team. I think there's two or just him that were on that first Loyola of Chicago run. So experience. There you go. Uh, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I want to talk to you about a historic matchup, though. You haven't brought it up yet. The first time ever, on record, a team has gone in advance to the next round with a 1-0 to margin. Oh, that was, yeah, we both picked VCU, right? Yeah. <laughs> we both picked VCU, uh, and then uh, Oregon ended uh, up... Um, what did yeah. Oregon do in the second round? Didn't they lose? They ended up beat. No, they ended up beating Iowa. Oh, that's right. Yes, that team that I told you was going to be overrated. Yes. Okay. I actually did a little research on that. I was correct on if you look at the overall picture of because you were talking about oh Iowa has the player of the year and I said whoop de doo. So let me give you the last three. Zion will no Obi Toppin. That doesn't count because he didn't get to finish. But I I don't see Dayton winning the national championship last year. Zion Williamson, out. Zion. Zion Williamson, my bad. Um, So Jalen Brunson of Villanova is the only one that kind of says not so fast. He won two national championships. But before then, you got to go back a ways. You've got to go like, I'm looking at the list right now. So you had... Frank Mason from Kansas, he did not win the National Player of the Year. Not to stay here all day, but you got to go back a while. You got to go Anthony Davis in 2011-2012. You got people on here like Jimmy Fredette, Doug McDermott, Evan Turner, Blake Griffin, dudes that just didn't win the National Championship. So I I was kind of right about that. 
Okay, I, I will brag about that. I told you Iowa was going to be Iowa, and they were not going to do anything. Uh, it's funny you say that because I read an article. It's like Iowa's Iowa. Why did you expect them to be anything else? They always blow it. And I was like, well, well fuck, man. Now I feel dumber than I well, did before. I just kind of liked. I kind of like the story. I kind of like Iowa. I like Iowa football. I'm waiting for Gonzaga to do the same thing to me. Uh, I don't know if it'll be against. I'll I don't know if time. it'll be against Creighton this week or uh, the USC Oregon winner the following week. So, the historic historic matchup VCU Oregon never happened before. Nobody's had to forfeit. Um, not based off of COVID restrictions. So that was uh, interesting. We had one, and I think it's a bigger story, the fact that we only had one of those situations. That is true. I hope it doesn't happen going forward. All things for- considered. Yeah, going forward, was it surprising? No. I mean, that can happen in a year of a pandemic. Uh, going forward, I hope it doesn't mess up anything. Thoughts on the Sweet 16? Just if I'm shooting them off, I hope Houston does good things. That's a homework thing going on. Uh Mm. An eight versus a twelve mass matchup. That's that's exciting. I'm pulling for a Chicago I though. Um, I am. I don't know that ORU can pull it off against Arkansas. You made a really good case for Arkansas when we that was a great originally. Game. Tech versus Arkansas probably, was such a great game, think, and it's a shame because Tech would be playing a fifteen to go to the Elite Eight. So, ah, um, but yeah, some hard roads. Um, but let's say like let's say Zaga wins. I think they can beat Creighton. USC Oregon. I mean, do you see either of those beating Zag? I don't know. I, I possibly. I mean, I don't know this year. It's hard to say. Like, I'm looking at all of the games, and there's not one game. <sighs> I think Baylor does take care of Villanova. Mm-hmm. I think Baylor makes it to the final four. Right. So I have I them in my finals against Michigan. I think. Zaga has the worst. Yeah, let's path. put it this way. I'm more confident in Baylor beating a Villanova than I am Michigan beating Florida State. Um, mm-hmm. y- I mean Zaga. Zaga. I mean they they've got a they've got to either play Michigan, Florida State, or Alabama. I'm assuming that Alabama or Michigan, Florida can take care of UCLA. And they have to play Creighton, who's a five seed, to get into the Final Four. Like they've got the hardest road. Yeah, um, don't be surprised. UCLA looks like they're on a roll and can do some really cool things. That was such a hard game to watch with ACU, man, because ACU just like that first half went on a little bit of a roll, had them on the ropes, and they couldn't get a fucking ball to go in the bucket for nothing. They were playing decent defense, like solid defense against UCLA, and they were a solid average seven inches shorter than them. And they just couldn't hit the fucking shots. Like I was sitting there watching. I was like, "Oh my god, just let a ball go in one time." And it was, was, it like was a heartbreak. The last couple, the last couple shots they had. I've been yeah. watching the greatest buzzer beaters over and over this week. It's so like I, I talked about the Northern Iowa one. I still watched what is it the 2016 Villanova, probably the greatest game winner, and because it was national championship, it was the big time. Uh, I'm trying to think of the sleeper ones. Mm. Notre Dame women's national championship a couple years ago. That was a pretty good one. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Notre Dame team that lost to AM in the championship like in 2011. But yeah, okay. Um, hey, so let's go and talk about let's lay out our final four. What you got so far? Who do you got left? Who do you got left? Michigan and Baylor, the two that I had going to the national championship. I'm not. Okay, so I had 
I had Michigan and Baylor still left in my final four. Iowa and Illinois are the other two, and I had both them beating those two. So who are you going to take from the West bracket and the Midwest bracket? I will go – oh, man. I will go with Gonzaga. And, okay. and I still I have too. Michigan beating Gonzaga. So I'm going to throw it out here. I'm going to do Zaga, greed. I'm going to go Loyola. Okay, to the final four. You're to, to the, the final, final four. four against Michigan. Uh, against Baylor. Okay, so you have Baylor, Loyola, and then Loyola. you have Gonzaga in Michigan. Zaga, so Michigan. I will go That's Gonzaga, Michigan. I will stay Baylor, and I'm going to go Houston. I'm going to go Houston down there. They That's have, a fair pick. I think it's they gonna be one of those great two. Paths. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying they to. They beat the Syracuse. They get the oh, winner yeah. of the eight twelve game. Uh, but I have Baylor beating Houston, and I'll have Michigan beating Gonzaga, and I still have Michigan over Baylor in that national championship game. All right, I think that's a pretty solid Final Four. I mean, we only have so many options at this point, so hopefully we're somewhat right. I will ask you this: between option one and option two. Option A1 and option B2. Which one did you prefer so far? Oh, one by far. By (laughs) far one. All right, that's what I thought. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into a C3. Let's eat my chocolate. All right, so Kurt, as we're back from the tiny little break we had, what are you getting on this one, man? The nose is not as strong. Not as strong as the first one, but stronger than the second one. No, I don't even think it's as strong as the second one, which is, of course, going to make me lead towards the Garrison Brothers for this. Do you have a little bit of nose pollution going on? I don't I don't know. After that last one flowed in the river, maybe. Um, There's more peanuts on this. Like, it's more the, nuts. The nose on this is literally exactly like the first one. It's just the first one was intensified by, like, see i'm getting i'm getting more nuts in this like corn nuts not corn nuts corn like peanuts mellow corn i'm not not mellow corn like a, a light yellow corn and the nose is not mellow corn mellow corn no not, no no like a mellower corn not the soda not the ripoff of whatever it's a ripoff of um Definitely not soda. No dust. Oh, you don't get dust. I get I, dust. Okay, nowhere near the first class. Mm-mm, no, 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 no. It's more like it's like sawdust. So this one, I've had Texas White Dogs before. If you, mm-hmm. if I close my eyes, and like I said, we've we've had some high proofs. I could picture this as a like if I close my eyes, this is close to a Texas White Dog. Does that make sense? Um, it does, but when we talked about you going to the uh, the Prideful Goat Distillery, um, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. You said it was more Gulf, sweet. Gulf Coast. Gulf Coast. You said it was like sweet, sweet. Well, that was a pineapple, like apple mm. infused one. A little yeah, more get- fruit. This this one has fruit on it. This one I can actually get some fruits. Little bit of 
like a darker fruit. I don't want to say grape. I get more raisins. Raven, yeah, I can see raisins. This is much milder. This is of the of the two of the three so far. This is the middle of the road. This is a solid nose, not terribly offensive. You can stick your schnoz right into it. It's not going to punch you in the dick. I don't feel offended. It's pleasant, but it's not anything that's overly attractive. And then the taste on it is... For me, I get peanuts. I get raisins, a little bit of oakiness. We've been shocked in our tastings before. Mm -hmm. And I will be shocked if I'm not right on my order for this. I'm set on this being Garrison because I'm getting the same... When I first tasted Garrison, when I first tasted the tes- Texas whiskey, I was like, what the hell is this? And it grew on me, and I, I enjoy a glass of Garrison's now. And I'm getting a lot of that same feeling. Um, very yeah. good, very solid. If it is Garrison, I still don't see I, – I know why they do it. I know it's an indie-type distillery where they're going to need – you know, a, a little bit higher bottle to pay for. It's a, it's a more special product. It's still rough around 90. Uh, they do do the little boot now, which is cool. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty set on my lineup now, but I'm, I, I'm going to go B minus B minus. I want B and B. B and B. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're far off in this. No. But you want to rank these real quick? Yeah, you know, let's go ahead and do that. Um, I'm going to run back through what I got left on the other two just to kind of confirm, if you don't mind. Um, well, I finished all three of mine, so this is going to be tough for me. I will. I do want to pour the one that I think is the winner and sip on it some. Um, but yeah, give me your rankings. All right. So I've got three, one, two, and I. I'll tell you. Want me to go and tell you what I think they are? You you can, and I have mine written down. So what do you think they? I are? do too. So I got three, one, two. I've got Garrison Balcones Iron Root. No shit. Mm-hmm. I have three Garrison. Yeah. I think one is Iron Root. Okay. And, and I think two was the Balcones. Okay, so we're switched. But what's your order? And and I I actually give the nudge. To Garrison because it's balanced. Okay. But it was close. It was a lot closer than I thought. I think it's three, one, and then sorry, but I drive off a cliff and I get to two. <laughs> yeah. So our, our order is the same. We just think that number one is Balcone. I think number one's Balcone. Do you think number one's Iron Root and vice versa yeah. for two? All right. Yes. So do you want to do the unveiling? So you're saying your cliff goes to Iron Root? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, yes. Give me, give us, 
Give yeah, give it to me. Go for it. Lay it on me, Dick. What was one? Number one or um number one. So we said three one two, right? Just what was one? Garrison Brothers. Okay. What was two? Balconies. I knew that. So three is Iron Root. Okay. I'm not shocked by that. If you had told me two was anything other than the balcony. I got to drink it straight from the bottle. I'm going to. I have your samples right here. Yeah, that's it. Let's see much how, how much I don't like Breweria. Hold on. Holy shit. Yeah, that is absolutely right. Okay, so let's let's fix this now that we know what everything is. And I am tasting the samples right now, and I, I can concur. There was no mistake. We did have what each was in the class. My number one, which I thought was Garrison Brothers, as in my ranking, was the third bottle we tried, which was Iron Root, correct? My second place was the first bottle we tried, which was Garrison Brothers. I knew those were they were close. The only reason I gave the nod to Iron Root was because the dust smell was not as high. And it was a very well mellow package on that Iron Root. And then the, the Balconies, which I don't want to knock Balconies. Their True Blue is delicious. I love it. I have also had their, um, I have the list right here in front of me just to double check. I've had their Texas Bourbon. That's good. Um. It just did this one I wasn't a fan of. So did you get one of them right or two of them right? I got one of them right. I got none of them right. You got none of them right. So once again, and I, I own all three of those bottles. Yes. And when you said, when you tasted two and you were like, oh, shit, I know exactly what this is. I was like, okay, that's the balconies for sure. What this did for me was I was very pleased with iron because like i said the first time i had it wasn't a fan it's very good i like it is it whiskey of the year material no because at the end of the day i still gave it a b minus a b i gave it a b um so let, let me ask you this considering price iron roots rocking about 70 75 bucks for this bottle specifically you can't find it but let's say you could on the, on the shelf Balcones, this one specifically. And once again, this is a 10th anniversary or 10th edition Brujaria with sherry cask finish. It's got some, it's got some funk to it. Like there, there's a little bit of different stuff happening here. And then you've also got Garrison Brothers, and that's right about 85 bucks. The Brujaria is about 115. All things considered, like if this Harbinger was on the shelf every day, would you pick this up besides a, a, a Garrison Brothers? Is that what we're saying? I think I same price. I point? think I would. I I still like I said. I don't understand. I'm still growing back to Texas whiskeys, but this is really good. It's really solid, especially at that price. It's not bad, and and I like it because it's it it did what I thought it would. I didn't like it the first time. This time I enjoyed it apparently more than Garrison Brothers. I do like Garrison Brothers. A lot more than I did at first, but the dust is still hard to get through sometimes. But Iron Root really did surprise me. 
hey, they are who we thought they were. Uh, unfortunately, Bal- nailed it. I, I really want to give Balcones True Blue a taste because I just want to redeem it. This one just was, it was rough. It's it's. So this is one of those things that I put on the uh, I put on the shelf and I have in the box, and people are like, "What's that?" I'm like, "Oh, let me let you try it. It's interesting." All right, so let me ask you this: seventy five, eighty five dollar price point. These two options. Let's just say it's Iron Root and Garrison Brothers, same dollar point. Put this next to a seventy-five to eighty-five dollar bourbon, a rye. Um, I told you I was gifted E. H. Taylor for sixty-five dollars the other day. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. E. H. Taylor, a little bit over. Because usually, but... like, what do you think? Forty-five would be the thirty-five forty. It's MSRP for you. I'll take the sixty-five dollar E. H. Taylor over these. I just. I, I and that's that that's not going to be everybody. That's going to be that's going to be of bourbon versus Texas whiskey, and that's just what it is. Now, oh, can that, I do you one better on that? I will not do necessarily do one better. Can I? Can I kind of throw some else sure. out there? I'll get out of the traditional bourbon like E.H. Taylor is because that is a Tax stamp, 100%, not going to fight it. Comes in a tan can, can't find it, bourbon. I'm going to say that some of the, uh, I'm going to say that some of the smoke wagon offerings are better than this for less. And even in that same price point, like you got that rare and rare and limited, 70 bucks-ish, 75 bucks. I'd take that over this. Okay, that's reasonable. That's the same price range. What if I threw that nineteen that seventeen ninety two small batch at you that we tried the other day? No, I'd no, I would grab but, Iron Root as well. But if you threw a seventeen ninety two foolproof store pick at me, the seventeen ninety two, yes, I would. Yeah, I agree with yeah. you. Good. I like what we did there. <laughs> okay, so we're doing a Texas shootout. Okay, for one, I hope Dick puts the. Can I say one thing? You may. So, so I just got um, delivered from the ATF um, a box that uh, had 10 samples in it. Someone sent it to me. I'm not sure who get, sent it to me, but it got here. Um, a couple days late, I'm pretty sure you know UPS kind of shipped it over to the CIA. They did a quick scan. I'm pretty sure I'm on a list now. All things considered, there was a sample in there of another Texas whiskey from Gulf Coast. It was a... 15-year prideful goat that I tried earlier today and knocked the fucking socks off of all of these. You fucking asshole. First off, the guy who sent you that, he must have a big old affection for whiskey. Second off... I think he's got a real big brain. Second off, I don't think he was that scared of getting caught by the CIA, but, you know, it's possible. You've read dumber thing in the newspapers. And three... I don't want to get too into that because I want to do that for our next show. Okay. All right. Cool. I'm just saying that one, if you put it on all this at the same price point, it'll, hell, I'll even pay double what I'd pay for the iron root for that thing. That was good. Good. I can't wait to get into the details of that in the next episode. There is one more thing I want to do. We've tried this before. We tried we this had, and I was so fucked up. 
and I fucked it up so bad. We edited it out and never released it. We haven't talked about it. We tried to do an homage to our greatest Texas athlete, and we tried doing a basketball, football. We're just going to keep it simple. I mean, it's a Texas shootout. We have to mention more things Texas as much as possible. We can't just, you know, disappear, take a vacation. We've got to stick to our roots. Um, you mean our iron te- roots? Our iron roots. we got to float the river here, buddy. We've got to go to Neal's Lodge or Gardner State Park. We've got to just dig in. Favorite Texas athlete of all time. Impossible to answer, but give it a try. Go. All right. Some two twofold. I can't not. I swear to God, if you. No, I'm not going to say him. I'm not going to say him. If you say who I think you're going to say, I'm going to. Shove my fist through Zoom World and punch you in your throat. So the one that I know I'm not going to say is Doak Walker. Okay. I can live with that. You can live with that. The one I want to say in my, my little Shut fuck your boy mouth. Just leave it there because I, I knew Scooby what I Scooby-Doo himself. Scooby-Doo oh, himself. God. Fantasy football. Fans pay for it, league boy. Johnny Menzel. How can you not love Money Menzel, baby? Money Manziel. How can I love him? That's all I got to say. Doak Walker is the right answer, though. And that's that's the one you're looking for. If you're like historical figure, Johnny Manziel brings the Coke to the party and we have a good time. Let's I go. would love to watch Johnny Manziel, but unfortunately, I have to buy three Japanese subscriptions and get some black web somewhere that go into a fifth source to watch him play football these Dude, days. Just get an OnlyFans account like the rest of us. That's And I think that's who he's sponsored by right now. So... I, I didn't want you to say there was two people that I knew you were going to say that I thought you were going to say Johnny Manziel, <laughs> Mr. Cleveland Brown himself. All right. Or you're famous. And this is the incident that occurred that night. <laughs> Who did John you David pick? Crow? Yeah, John David, John, I won the Heisman Trophy back in 1940 Crow, which. At the time, I was very drunk myself and probably gave Dick a little bit more of a hard time. But when you think of all the greats from Texas, it just was it was tough for me to agree with that one. Doke Walker. Well, and that that and he was that and he was born in Louisiana. So that too. I did I did chop your balls off for that. And why are you going with Doke Walker? You gotta lay some background. All right. So he's a Doke Walker award man i mean how can you not love that and if you think about guys who were born and bred in texas he was born in dallas he went to smu he won the 48 heisman trophy i mean he played what six years with the 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 uh, lions i mean the dude is like he's a he's an nfl legend i mean he's a fucking award named after him like what else do you want from me here what else do you want from me no that's cute that's cute. I'm, I'm glad you picked somebody from the 1940s, and that, that that's cute. I'm going to give you, since you decided to give me two, and I can't believe you fucking Johnny Menzel, Heisman Trophy. Cool. Great. Who would, okay, who would you have expected me to pick? I mean, if I was you, and I just been in, finished ranting about Texas Tech and how much I love them and was being a bitch about someone's got to be born and bred in Texas and go to a Texas school and represent Texas – 
I'm going to say Patrick Mahomes. But I'm a realist. I love Pat. Did good things. Texas made. Texas, you know, Texas through and through. But there's just two others that I have to go with. Honorable mention. So when I told you this list on that drunk rambling night, I said high school in Texas, college in Texas, pros in Texas. Runner-up, Earl Campbell. Okay. Tyler, Texas. University Has an award named after him. Houston Oilers. What a beast. Look at the look at the highlights. Beautiful in the old powder blues of the Houston Oilers. He is my number two. The only reason that Earl really gets number two, because unfortunately, he never won the big Super Bowl. Number one got himself a, a, a World Series, even though it wasn't for his Texas team, but he played and was part of management of Texas teams. It doesn't get more Texan than this. And if you've got an argument, you can meet him at the mound, and he's going to beat your ass. All right? That is Nolan the Ryan Express. Nolan freaking Ryan. It doesn't get much more Texas than that. You know where he was born there, buddy? Inform me, good sir. Old, I never say the name right. You'll hear it 20 different ways. Refugio, Texas, down there in South Texas. They've got themselves. It's Refugio. Exactly. They've got themselves some state championships. Born there. Played high school at Alvin. Didn't even need college. That's where he was the asterisk. But you go on, you play for the Rangers, you play for the Texans, you work in the Rangers management, you got teams named after you in Texas, and then you own your own Texas barbecue. Well, by God, that doesn't get more Texas than that. Honestly, it doesn't get more Texas to being super successful and not going to college. Oh, bingo. Um, yeah, Nolan Ryan, I've got to give him, and I'm not even a I love that pick. I'm not even a baseball guy. And I will acknowledge that Nolan Ryan is the dude. If you're making a Mount Rushmore of Texas athletes, he's on there. And there's so many others. This was an impossible question to answer, but as we've done a blind Texas tasting, we had to put some kind of effort forward, and you've got to appreciate that. I love it. Yeah, there's so many people on this list. If you mean Joe Green, Tom Landry. I mean, you could just go on and on. Um, A.J. Foyt. Four-time Indy 500 winner. Is that a sport? The Labani brothers from our old hometown. <laughs> no, there you go, man. Uh, yeah, there's probably several others before them. But, uh, uh, Clyde Drexler? University of Houston, where he played with Hakeem Olajuwon. I don't, I don't think they were Texas-born. Shaquille O'Neal, San Antonio, Texas. Tim Brown? It, there's, it's impossible, but those are the ones that if you had to put them on a ra- Mount Rushmore, I think you've got to go with that. Oh, Vince Young. Vince Young is another one. Uh, Lance Armstrong and his issues. Uh, let me just put a needle in that and let's, uh, let's wrap that one up. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to bounce that ball down the road. Was that a testicular joke? Because if it is, I've, it was a pretty good one. 
No, not at all. I had to think about it, and I'm ashamed and confused. That's the, the point. Time. Like you're supposed to be like, wait, did he say that? Is that is that what that meant? <laughs> oh man, this is good. All right, so let's get over that goal line. We had a great Texas shootout. We had some really good things. We had some surprises. Turns out Iron Root's not too bad. We talked about free agency. We're looking at the Texas coaching situation, seeing what's going on with Chris Beard. We're going to continue to watch the NFL free agency carousel. And then, of course, we've got the Sweet 16 coming up. So on our next episode, we will be talking about all that. Dick gave a little preview on a whiskey I sent him that I'm excited to try on our next episode. And also, we're going to be updating the Instagram and the Twitter as much as possible in the next coming days. So, Dick, speaking of all that, can you go ahead and lay some of the socials on them, starting with that big fancy schmancy email that we promise you we will answer? Yeah, so that email, that's a 4th dram and goal, all one word, at gmail.com. And honestly, it's the same for our website, 4thdramandgoal.com. Instagram and Twitter, Kurt talked about it. We got the 4THDRAM and then, of course, Facebook, 4thDRAM and Goal. A um, couple things here, guys. Like, if you're listening to us, I know there's a few of y'all out there. Tell your friends about us. You know, we're, we're two boys from Texas just like you. Maybe not. Maybe you're just like, hey, I found these motherfuckers on Spotify. I don't know what it is. Tell your friends about us. We want more listeners. They can find us on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Spotify, CastBox, Podcast After The list goes on and on. And another one. And that being said, I think our most famous segment of the entire thing is Kurt laying in autumn with the quote of the episode. Well, you just can't do a Texas whiskey and a Texas athlete without quoting one of your favorites from Texas. And I ain't talking about the Urban Cowboy movie with John Travolta because that was a good one too. But I'm talking about the Nolan Ryan. We'll go ahead and give it a quote from him. And honestly, it's a good one. Enjoying success requires the ability to adapt. Only by being open to change will you have a true opportunity to get the most from your talent. Well spoken, Nolan. To the next... I don't know if you were trying to imitate Nolan Ryan or sell me a used car right there, but either way, well done. <laughs> that was my... I may be from Austin. I may be from San Antonio, but you'll never know. Oh, that was your redneck McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. So, in the famous words of the Kurt, to the next snap and to the next dram. Drink on, drammers. <laughs> <laughs>